We are being told regularly these days to just follow the science. Now what they mean when they tell us that is they want us to follow the experts, actually. The problem is this. Many of the experts in our generation have flat out lost their minds. Here's three stories that you probably haven't heard about. The first one takes place within the New Jersey correctional system. New Jersey agreed to a new policy a little over a year ago, a policy that they negotiated with the American Civil Liberties Union. That policy was to begin housing convicts in the state of New Jersey according to their self-professed gender. In other words, transgender, men who pretend to be women or women who pretend to be men, are housed in the prisons of their chosen gender, their pretend gender. A year has gone by and the news has recently broken that there is a 27-year-old transgender, a man pretending to be a woman, who goes by the name of Demi Minor. He, she, has been transferred out of the women's prison that, that it has been in because Demi Minor has impregnated two female inmates in the New Jersey prison system. They're struggling to figure out just what to do with this policy that they agreed with uh, because now they have this real world problem where inmates that have biologically male body parts are allowing those body parts to find their way into the biologically female body parts of other prisoners. You see, you can make up any worldview you want, but can you live by it? The second story maybe you have heard of, it's about a new virus, not a new virus, but a new headline virus called monkeypox. The World Health Organization has just declared monkeypox to be a public health emergency of international concern. They're predicting, there, there aren't that many cases now, but they're predicting that we may have as many as 10,000 cases of monkeypox in the United States by the fourth quarter of this year. Now, the name of the virus tells you something about it because monkeypox is believed to have been a virus that is persistent among the monkey populations in Africa. Because viruses are opportunistic and they mutate regularly, it's believed that the patient zero, the first case of monkeypox, was a young boy who was playing with monkeys. The problem now is that it has migrated to humans and is beginning to spread. Now here's the problem. Typically, the cases that show up regarding monkeypox are not from children who play with monkeys. They are infecting a very specific demographic of the population. But this is the part of the story that you won't hear about. It turns out that monkeypox is almost exclusively experienced by, how can I say this, 
men who have sexual relations with men. Now, because the experts are scared to death of any stigma related to homosexual behavior, they have presented monkeypox as a threat to the population, and some of our population who have now been trained and swallowed wholeheartedly this idea that there's a vaccine for everything, and if we're going to be safe, we just take whatever is made available to us, people are rushing to find a monkeypox vaccine when what they won't tell you is that if you don't have, if, if you're not a man who has sex with men, you're at an extraordinarily low risk factor for this disease. In fact, the New England Journal of Medicine, one of the most respected official sources in the medical world, estimates that 95% of all cases in the world can be traced to homosexual sexual contact, men who have sex with men. The high risk of transmission is clear among those that portion, that tiny portion of the population who practices that excessively risky behavior. Juliana Kim of National Public Radio, NPR, has complained that the danger of this disease is that we might impose a stigma on that percent of the population we should instead, she says, focus the message on how the virus impacts different populations. In other words, we should emphasize the threat to everybody. But seriously, here's where the experts have lost their mind. Because when the population that is most at risk accounts for 95% of all the cases, to pretend that it's otherwise is not medical advice, but plain and simple, it's moral evasion. We're scared to death to suggest that a biblically unapproved lifestyle may actually, in fact, be self-destructive to human beings. Another public official warned against overstressing sex and advised against avoiding any mention of homosexuality. <laughs> Even the New York Times quotes their city health officials in New York City who say that the city wants to remain sex positive and they wanted no way to allow monkeypox to stigmatize sex at all. Well, the medical reality is simple. There are certain sex acts that involve parts of the human body that were not designed to come together. Let me put this as carefully as I can. The digestive system and the reproductive system were not meant to be interchangeable. Tissues are easily damaged, leading to transmission of certain diseases at a much higher rate than those who don't participate in this risky and self-destructive behavior. The natural law points to the fact, both moral and medical, that it's important for us to understand the way the body was designed 
and how it was meant to work. And when we again choose to live by a worldview that's inconsistent with the facts, with the reality of human existence, we wake up one day only to discover that we can't live by that worldview. The most obvious way to stop monkeypox is not a global vaccination effort. It is to advise men to stop having sex with men. But the new moral orthodoxy of our day dismisses that suggestion as stigma. We're less concerned about a public health crisis than we are about the moral insanity of the modern worldview. Well, transgender inmates in New Jersey impregnating other inmates in a women's facility, monkeypox uh, being touted as a global disease when in fact it is related to a very specific kind of behavior. There's something else you can now find in mainstream retail centers like Target new kinds of undergarments, what is called tucking underwear for boys. I'll leave you to figure out what that means. And chest binders marketed at Target to young girls, both pieces of clothing designed to allow young boys or young girls to opt out of the appearance that they have biological body parts that they don't want to have. What's more alarming than stores like Target merchandising these things is that the American Academy of Pediatrics, supposedly a medical standard for uh, treatment of diseases among children in our generation, the AAP in its quest to normalize this idea that there is a multiplicity of genders and in an attempt to avoid the reality of adolescent mental health problems, they have just published a brand new book called Youology, Y-O-U-Dash-ology. Youology, a puberty guide for everybody. It's a new book aimed at teenagers on the subject of puberty. Now you might think that this is just uh, another government pamphlet that is put out like so many other things uh, to provide information to people who don't have access to, to all the information. The problem is when you look at the AAP book, what you find is uh, an intense level of indoctrination as so-called scholars and medical, remember, quote, experts intentionally change definitions and create new unfounded concepts out of thin air. They whitewash biological realities to support a radical plan that has no association with truth or rationality. It's not just the AAP, the American Association of Pediatrics, but the Journal of American Medicine is also pushing the idea that puberty blockers, drugs that stop the natural developmental process in adolescence, uh, should be widely used and available. The American Medical Association says transgender care for minors is not extreme or even experimental. 
The Pediatric Endocrine Society says minors should be supported in living in their desired gender role. If follow the science means follow the experts, the experts are making stuff up as they go along. These associations and journals and experts are so afraid of being called bigoted that they are willing to say whatever it takes to avoid their reputational harm. They're so scared of being canceled by activists that medical ethics has taken a nosedive in the 21st century, completely surrendering to progressive demands that are not based on actual real facts. In fact, back to the book Uology by the AAP, they don't refer to boys and girls. They refer to sperm-making bodies and baby-growing bodies. Now, we know that there is a small percentage of people who actually struggle with what is called gender dysphoria, a psychological struggle that should be treated, and we should be sympathetic with people who have that issue. But the widespread mainstream promotion of transgenderism goes way beyond sympathy and assistance. It is destroying a generation. Medical professionals who somewhere along the way made a pledge first to do no harm, now they insist that bio biological reality doesn't exist and that children should be allowed to alter their bodies permanently even before their brains are fully formed. That sounds like they are doing harm. Well, the transgender activists tell us that we sh if we fail to give affirmation, we are putting them at risk, except the statistics, again, don't back that up. Turns out that suicide rates among transgender students are higher in states with easier access to cross-sex treatments. The truth is that a mental illness, because it is treated with a political solution, is actually destroying the lives of young men and women. What does the Bible have to say? Let me read this quickly. Genesis chapter 1. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The Bible is very clear that, that there are two genders, male and female. The creation account shows an ascending order of creation and it puts the creation of man and woman as the pinnacle of what God did in the very earliest moments of the created order. It is preceded by divine deliberation. God decided to do it the way he did it. And human life is the only part of the entire created order that is said to be made in the image of God. Mankind is referred to specifically as a direct, purposeful creation by God. Now here's the thing. If we go over to the flood story, we hear, we, we hear talk about uh, the sexuality of animals. But we don't hear any talk about the sexuality of animals in the creation story. In the creation account, um, there's no mention of the sexuality or the procreation of animals.
But there is talk about that among humans. This implies that human sexuality is of a different sort than animal procreation. Human procreation is intended not merely as a mechanism for replicating the species or even an expression of human passion, but it is instrumental in experiencing the blessing of God as He put the man and the woman together. Human life is different from animal life, despite what our generation believes. Specifically, we are not mentioned, in, like the animals, as producing after our kind. The Bible elevates the relationship between a man and a woman in the sexual experience as something completely distinctive from the rest of creation. The text infers that mankind is completely different. We are not just the highest animal on the planet. We are fundamentally different than everything else. And sex is not merely for recreational purposes as it has become in our day and time. When human sexuality is distorted through neglect or abuse, the human family suffers as image bearers of God. Now quickly, you might say, well, but this generation doesn't believe the Bible. I understand that. But the fact that this generation doesn't believe the Bible doesn't mean that the Bible is not true. Let's not be afraid to go back to the Word of God to find the standard for reasonable worldview living, a, a rational approach that actually accounts for the facts and the realities of what it means to be human. It doesn't matter if people say, well, he quoted from the Bible and I don't believe that. I don't care if you believe it or not. The Bible is true. And what it says about men and women are true. And all of this transgender business, while those who suffer from gender dysphoria need our care and our concern, the fact of the matter is what's happening in our culture is nothing more than the natural consequence of sinful human nature pursuing what is unnatural and pretending like there's nothing wrong with it at all. Find your way to God's perspective on gender and let us stand strong on what's true. This is Truth Currents.